Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Love having you here. We're live on the radio broadcast. Uh, if you have carefully, please. And if you're listening on the podcast, thanks for listening. Join in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It really does help the show get noticed. And if you'd be willing to rate or review it, that would also be wonderful. Whatever platform you listen to me on, on iHeart, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on any Google Play, whatever it may be, rate and review and share with your friends because it really helps the show be found. And, you know, I'm, I'm a woman business, not only for the radio show, but for the strategy consulting that I do with clients, so helping people um, get really clear on what they want to achieve and then get everything set for them to achieve that and just support them while they're doing it. But women-owned businesses tend not to get venture capital funding. Don't know why, but it just seems like the money's not there. But what can we do to support other women-owned businesses? And I've had multiple businesses that I've owned and run. And, you know, I tend not to focus on the fact that I'm a woman with my businesses. But I think the time has come where, as women, we need to step up and begin making a difference and have our voices heard on a deeper level. My guest today is Kateri Ruiz. She has founded Maya Community. And she's discovered that if every woman in the United States... We haven't even looked at the rest of the world, but just the, if every woman in the United States spent $20 more a month at a woman-owned business, that would put $37.7 billion into the hands of women-owned businesses. The scary part, that number is greater than the amount of venture capital given to new women-owned businesses in 2017. Kind of frightening, very scary, but we can make a difference. So how do you go about finding women-owned businesses? Well, Kateri has the answer to that, and I'm really excited to have her on the show today. So Kateri, welcome. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be with you. You know, this is a topic that prior to Me Too, people were talking about, but I don't think they were talking about it as much. You know, women in government are ramping up quite a bit more, mostly in other countries other than the United States. But why is it that women-owned businesses are not getting the love? Well, that is probably an extremely complex uh, answer that you'd have to unfold on so many deep-rooted systemic levels. But, but for the purpose of our talking today, um, you know, clearly a variety of reasons. Women-owned businesses... There's, there's, by the way, just to like level set on quantities, there are about 12.3 million women-owned businesses in the United States. And so that means about 40% of all total firms are women-owned businesses. Yet, women-owned businesses only account for about 4.3% of total firm revenue. So while there are a large quantity of them, and now they are equaling 40% of total counts, the amount of revenue that comes from them is still rather small comparative to the other counts. 
And there's a variety of reasons for that as well. Um, of, you know, of those women-owned businesses, 88%, so about 10.7 million of those, do less than 100000 in revenue. And so a lot of people will talk about the difference between necessity entrepreneurship and opportunity entrepreneurship and, and why they're, because women-owned firms are actually growing at the largest rate. And in particular, women of color-owned firms are outpacing all others. And I believe that there is a direct link between the gender pay gap that exists in corporate America and why so many women have needed to have a side hustle and or what we call necessity entrepreneurship, and especially why so many women of color need to go down that path. Are most of these women-owned businesses very regional or local that they're not driving certain revenues or not being found, that people aren't doing business with them? Well, that's interesting. Um, so if you look at the density ratings of women-owned businesses by state, there's definitely certain states that drive higher quantities and, and do revenues vary by state. I couldn't answer that, actually. Definitely population size will matter, the amount to which the state helps incubate, and the amount of supportive programs that happen within those states. And, and there's really awesome research out there on which states actually... I happen to be sitting in one, frankly, um, in Minnesota. But I, what's interesting about the size perspective of them is that... Once a woman-owned business kind of gets to that what they call million-dollar and up range, which I think there's a roughly, and forgive me on the number, but it's greater than 200,000 of these million-dollar-plus revenue woman-owned businesses. Once they hit that threshold, though, they really become economic powerhouses. So getting a company, you know, getting a woman-owned business to be, deemed credible, deemed bankable, deemed fundable, and then deemed scalable in an extremely androcentric um, set of criteria and, and from very male-dominated places, once, once they can get to that point, what's fascinating is how they're outpacing other businesses. So in that group of greater than 1 million, which only account for about 1.7% of the total woman-owned firms, they employ about 6.2 million workers. And while in all firms we've seen employment decrease by 0.8%, so um, total firm employment has actually decreased by almost a percentage over the last 11 years. And in this, in this space of a million plus women-owned firms employment has jumped 30%. That well, is, is fascinating. Is that just because the women, more women are stepping into business, so therefore the number of people they're hiring is growing because they're, they're 
businesses are getting larger or the kinds of businesses that they're doing are changing. So therefore they're having to hire more employees. And I don't, I know you might not be able to answer any of this. I'm just trying to understand the bigger issue here. It's, um, women, it could be a variety of issues. It could be the kinds of businesses that they are, um, that they are, that they own, uh, in the, in the different industry sectors, but it also could be a mark of how, Women-owned businesses are often credited with their ability to do more with less. They are generally extremely fiscally good stewards of their money, and they are known for making very smart business decisions. And it is, so all of the reasons why, I do not know. But women uh, in this particular sector, they are doing something that is different than the rest of business. And it's fascinating because you said, you know, they're known for all these great things, yet venture capitalists don't seem to want to fund a woman-owned business. Yeah. It, it seems like an oxymoron, catch-22 almost. I don't, I don't understand it. You know, I think they say, what, that 3 to 5%, this was a, a 2007 stat and, and backwards, but what is it, 3 to 5% of all of the partners at the venture capital firms are women. And so when, when women-owned businesses enter male-dominated spaces, we tend, women typically, when they create businesses from their own perspective, from their own imagery, they tend to have to turn that business into an androcentric representation of that business, a male kind of version of that business, in order to be deemed credible, in order to be deemed bankable, to be deemed fundable, to be deemed scalable. And I think there is a very big disconnect when we ask women to turn something, a business of their imagery, of their representation, of their perspective, into something else. Something gets lost there. And so we may have the wrong people sitting at the tables deciding who should be funded, who should get money to be scaled. I think that is part of the problem. So one way that women in the United States or anywhere in the world can start making a business to help a woman-owned business grow is to just start doing business, selectively doing business with women-owned businesses. And you know what? We're going to go into our first commercial break, and then we're going to talk some more about this. We're here, everybody, with Kateri Ruiz, founder of um, Maya Community, a really, really cool concept to help women do business with women-owned businesses. And we'll be right back after our first commercial break. Kateri, before our first commercial break, we were talking about how because venture capital is not happening as much to women-owned businesses, how women can make a difference. And you created Maya Community. It's uh, Can you explain what this is? And to me, this is a breakthrough in changing the conversation and increasing the conversation with giving transparency to women-owned businesses. How did you create this and why? Yeah, Maya was really intended to be a gap analysis player. So we, I, I, I sat there thinking, what do we need to do to move the needle for women? Because there are so many efforts and so many people trying to affect change everywhere, in corporate America, in the government, in the funding institutions. And, but what aren't we doing enough of 
that actually could move the needle with the fewest amount of systemic barriers. And I settled on women-conscious consumerism. Here we are, the CEOs of our own lives. We are making buying decisions all the time, whether we're buying for our businesses or we're buying for our homes. We typically are credited with controlling 70 to 80% of the household spending in the United States, which is in the trillions of dollars. And, and yet, was there a way to practice, to just spend our money with more purpose on woman-owned companies or just those companies who have proven a commitment to gender equality at the highest levels of leadership. And turns out there really wasn't an easy way to do it. And yet we, the amount of good that we could do. So you said it in the beginning, you know, if each female in the United States just spent $20 $20 a month for one year, the females of the United States would drive $37.7 billion more into women-owned companies than all venture capital funding did last year, just by spending our money with more intention, more purpose. I think that's a critical piece, what you just said there, with intention and purpose. I, I mean, I know that I do a lot of local shopping. Because yeah. I just really believe in trying to support my local economy. But of the businesses I do business with in town or wherever I go locally, I like to go to local restaurants over chains and stuff like that. Yeah. Although the chains, it's typically somebody's franchised it. So you're still giving money to the local economy. I don't know how many of the businesses I do business with are women owned. Yeah, I know. And it's, it could be and should be a badge of honor. Right. Yeah. Like, small, like the small business, American Express does um, small yeah. business Saturday. And companies can register with American Express that they're a small business and then get on this map with them. And then during, and they get this little badge on their window yeah. that says small business. Maybe we need to create Maya Community stickers that go out to people to put on their windows if they have a physical storefront or website saying that they're part of it yes we're working on that yes we um it's it's kind of amazing because what we what we wanted to do was to really promote this idea of women conscious consumerism so that consumers would really understand the amount of good that they could do by making the exact same purchases that they're going to make every single day. Just do it with a woman-owned lens to drive more money to feed that ecosystem and to foster kind of a more female-centric economy. And we're all, we're all spending money on, on our businesses and on our homes every day. And if we could collect the amount of collective good and action that we could do. And I am the same way. I also support local. I also buy small. I also want to support the very people in our communities that are really doing the most good for our communities. Yet it's so, it's not something we think of. Like you said, it's not done with intention. For most people, we just buy because it's convenient to buy or we have a brand that 
we just really care about so we're not willing to look at perhaps another option that is new into the entry field Mm -hmm. so that's why you created Maya community is to create one place where men and women can go to support women-owned businesses yeah so when I I mean this is a story and it's really my my personal story uh, about five years ago, I'm sitting on my living room floor watching a football game with my husband. It's a typical Sunday, and our four small daughters are playing in front of us. And it was the first time that I actually had this thought. Five out of the six people in my own house are female, and yet we watched all male sporting events. And it was it was like a light bulb went off that day and i i thought here here you know my husband and i we kind of prided ourselves on not being stereotypical gender normers frankly i was the one that worked my husband stayed home with these four small daughters and yet and so we always thought well of course we're showing our girls a world where women have equal representation and equal representation at the top and, and yet, when we really asked ourselves to kind of prove it, were we really showing them a world where women were involved equally at the creation level, at the ideation level, at the true decision-making level? That became impossible to prove. So we started out like thinking about uh, the books that we were reading and the movies that we were watching and the thought leaders that we were referencing when we would just be bringing up general conversation. And then it kind of morphed into, well, what about the products and the services and the solutions that we bring into our home? Were women involved equally in at the creation, the ideation, and at the decision-making level so that the things that we brought into our home were actually reflective of the people in our home. And that became next to impossible. And then I did, I got, I got, I was, I was, I was at my wit's end and I was like, well, fine, you know, be the change that you want to see in the world and put your money where your mouth is. If 83%, so five out of the six people in my own house were female, if 83% of my household population was female, then 83% of the things that we bought, the things we watched, the things we did, the thought leaders we'd reference, should be woman-designed, women-created, women-ran, women-ideated. And month over month over month, we, we failed. And I was just, I was... It was killing me. Why was this so difficult to do? Why Something that I actually believe so strongly in, I believe that there is something, um, there is so much value in there being a balance to, to the gender representation of products and services and solutions. And frankly, I think our world is out of balance right now. And, and it is because we do not have equal representation for women at that level. And that there would be something so powerful when our solutions were ideated equally by women. And so when I, when I couldn't consume in this way, when we couldn't conduct our life in this way, I knew that there was something that it needed to be easier, frankly. And I knew I probably wasn't the only person 
thinking like this, feeling like this, wanting to do more good, wanting to be more purposeful. Okay. So, you know, I, I started as you were talking and sharing your story. And since I've been preparing for this interview, I've been like, okay, what am I watching on TV? And who are the writers? Who are the producers? Who are the directors? Who are the actors? And a lot of what I watch has a woman focus on it, but may not have been created or produced by women. Majority of the books I read are by women because I have a lot of women on my show. So every week I'm getting to read amazing books. But it's just consciously, it's like trying to, I was trying to buy new sheets and bedding. I couldn't find anything that wasn't made in China. Yeah. Yes. It's such a hard thing to do. And I I think sometimes what happens is we want to just give up, Kateri, because we're spending more of our time trying to find the resource or whatever we want to do, use. And we're like, well, we could have had this done already. (laughs) I know. I know. I, 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 I echo exactly what you just said. And in fact, it, is, it was too hard. It is too hard. Okay. And, and hold that thought. You know, the whole idea that it is too hard. My listeners out there, we're about to go into the national news break. What can you do to make it easier? And, and who are you doing business with? We'll be right back with more from Kateri Ruiz on It's All About the Questions. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with Katiri Ruiz, founder of Maya Community. If you're just joining us, we've been having a really intriguing conversation that's shifting my thoughts quite a bit around women-owned businesses and how every individual woman in the United States or around the world can make a massive difference to increasing a woman's voice by just spending $20 a month to a woman-owned business versus where we're spending our money now. I mean, we can fund 37.7 billion, billion, not million, billion dollars into the economy for women-owned businesses if we just spent $20 a month. So, Katiri, before the break, we were talking about this whole concept of of women-owned businesses and, and the growth of them. You know, from what I've looked at and from the women I've coached in businesses and even the men, I've noticed that there is a difference in the way women promote their businesses and men promote their businesses. You were in the staffing industry for ever, right? You even comment that you sold your soul um, in order to be in, in that business. And I know you don't say that corporate working in corporate is not a good thing, but just what you had to do in the business that you were in. Do you think there is something to the truth about women businesses struggle more because of the way we promote, or is there something else going on? Well, that women, what's interesting to me about the difference between the promotion of our businesses and the, specifically the referral and the recommendation. So what I've noticed, and even as I was making Maya, so people actually knew I was going to go out and put together all of these lists into a search engine so that consumers could go more easily find and buy from women-owned places. And so... When, and then that would look at first glance like a directory, like a typical directory. Um, as I was trying to, you know, bake Maya, I would ask for recommendations and referrals. 
And people knew that I was trying to put together a woman-owned directory. And yet I received referrals and recommendations to male-owned or corporate or, you know, publicly traded companies at a rate of about 17 to 1. 17 to 1. Even they knew what I was looking to do. Okay. And so it's interesting. For whatever reason, people are willing to separate the, the company from the man, or people are willing to separate the, the business from the human that runs that business in the, in the male space and in the publicly traded space. However, when you talk to women and you ask women for who they recommend, women are very protective and very close to the chest about who they would recommend and who they would refer. In fact, some people will say, you know, unless they believe that the two parties will align on a business level, a spiritual level, a um, uh, emotional level, a you name it, unless they know for a fact that these two parties will will align on on you know with such emotion. Um, they won't refer other women-owned places, whereas they don't have a problem doing that with men. And it, so this, to me, is fascinating, the amount of referrals that happen in the women's space compared to the amount of referrals that would happen in the men's space. And, and what I would propose is that recommend women-owned places. It, you know, a, a business deal is going to be good because the two parties go into it, openly communicate, and, and establish, you know, mutually beneficial terms for the two places. So refer women. Even if you know, even if you are worried that those two women may not be best friends in the end, it's okay. Refer them. Recommend them. Recommend them openly. And I do believe that that can be different between men and women and the amount of exposure that they get. It, that just fascinates me because if I like a business or a product, I am all over the telling people about it, right? I, when I got my braces on and they came off, Dr. Kay Betancourt here in town, oh my God, she and her staff, Lori, Beth, everybody there were totally brilliant. I never yeah. thought about it as she's a woman-owned business or anything. I went there because another woman had referred me to her and she did such an amazing job. You know, anywhere that I go, if I love the product, the people, the service, I'm like the first person out there to, to rave about it. That's awesome. Say it loud, say it proud, yes. Yeah, so I, yes. I, to hear what you're saying and the statistics and stuff you have, it just blows my mind. Yeah. I, I th- Maybe it's just because people don't like, they like to keep things secret because they're afraid it's going to change if it gets too popular. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just blown away by this whole idea. Yeah. So we, we, we felt the other thing that I think happens is that um, women sometimes can be less apt to sing their praises, to say why they're good, to say the good work that they're doing. And, and we, as women, need to do that more. We need to do it more because, there's, because we are fighting against a fair amount of systemic barriers that would that hinder us from, from being able to, to do all the things. But in addition to that, because we're good, 
Like, there, I should have no qualms about saying the work that Maya is doing is a game changer. It is an underutilized game changer for women. And we are happy to say that we want to give light and love to women-owned places so that they can grow and thrive. And you're doing it in, in, from a technical way. It's, it's very complicated what you're doing. But from a user way, it's very simple. I mean, you've created a directory yeah. of women-owned businesses. How many, peop- how many businesses are in it now? Yeah, so we have nearly 700,000 women-owned companies. And for us, we really were very much about values. So we believe in women having equal representation. So if a company is 50% or more women-owned, they can come into our directory. And so we've got about 700,000, nearly 700,000 women-owned companies across the United States in it now. And we will scale to all, you know, 12 million plus and we allow consumers to come in for free and search and spend their money more directly to, to drive a female-centric economy. Were there any listings that got created that kind of surprised you that you didn't know were women-owned? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's, what's awesome is right now we have... So we have a lot of curation left to do with our directory, too. And we're really counting on the people that... So we really require, we need women business owners to come into our space and um, claim their listing and make sure that it is accurate and complete. We also need all of those women business owners who are not even on our platform. There is a huge gap between 12 million plus and the nearly 700,000 that we have in there right now. And so we need women business owners to come in and let us know about their businesses if we don't know about them already. What's amazing is that most of the crowdsourced additions are coming from consumers who are literally reaching out saying, you don't have my favorite kind of water, hint. Uh, would you please reach out and make sure that they're you know, still 50% or more woman-owned and add them to the directory? And the other thing that's kind of fascinating, which really showed us that the ecosystem was working and was that we now have crowdsourcing from corporate accounts payables departments and corporate buyers who are coming to us and saying, you know what, we do business with these 20 and you don't have them in, in your directory. That was, the, the, when those things started to happen, we felt really good about the way that people were coming into our space and then how they were thinking about how they wanted to use it. So one of your other goals, it sounds like, Kateri, is if my listeners know a woman-owned business, they need to let you know. Oh, please. And they need to let the business know about Maya community. Yes, both ends. The, 
so our the way that we set it up was that we were all about equity and giving light and love to women-owned businesses. So we knew that we would always provide a free basic listing to any company that was 50% or more woman-owned because we wanted consumers to really understand the amount of good that they could do with their money, whether they were buying at work or buying for home. And then we also offer a premium listing. And right now that's our only um, revenue source. And think of it like advertising on your P&L. But what it really does is our, our, what we built was a search engine. So it allows for consumers to search based upon the way that they want to buy. And what we are finding is that consumers want to buy from a values point of view in addition to just product and service. Now, we already know that we've got very values-based consumers on our site because they're already, you know, people who believe that there is value to gender equality and that there is value to women's representation in the ideation creation and decision-making. And so they're already there in our space because they believe in that. But in addition to that, what we're finding is that not only do they want to find the, let's just say, local coffee house, but they also want to find the local coffee house that is also funding the local food shelf or is a part of an organization that, is, that aligns with them on a values level. So what's fascinating about the search string and what we're seeing in the data and the analytics are how many values-based decisions are going into the way that a consumer wants to spend their money. And, and the reason why I mention all of that is it's the premium listing that allows those women business owners to feed into their profile all of the ways that they want to connect with consumers that really show who they are. Because we believe that the way that women will represent their businesses is different. Women want to buy from a place of purpose and from a place of building community and value. Okay, so let's everybody start thinking about that. We're going into our last commercial break, and we'll be back with Kateri Ruiz. Kateri, where I struggle a little bit still with the whole idea of women businesses not getting their due or their say is this whole idea of women versus men, right? You know, I've I've spent my entire career pretty much in male-dominated industries. I was I had a, t- a tech services company and I was always in male dominated you know I got a computer science degree where I was like one in 20 women in the department you know those kind of things but when I hear you speak and you talk about Maya community I really hear that this is a bigger issue than just men versus women it's it's helping even the playing field for something that hasn't been even for very long for a lot of different reasons. One being women just weren't as visible in the workforce with a lot of businesses, but also because women have a harder time for whatever reason, I've never had that problem promoting themselves. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk because I've had a couple of people reach out to me and say really how do they find out about Maya community some business women from my listeners on the community they want to know how they can register on your site but also for 
people, both men and women, are interested in finding out how they can get to the website that you have. So what's the website? How do they connect and communicate and start recommending women businesses or themselves to the site? Yeah, so Maya, M-A-I-A dot community, M-A-I-A dot community, so community is that extension, is that searchable platform. So, it is, and right now it's still gated. You'll, you'll need to sign in. It's really simple, though. Just sign in, create a login, and then you can start searching for free immediately. There's also our info at maya.community where you can tell us about the businesses that we may not know about. And that's quite simple. We literally, our process then is once you tell us about companies that we don't know about, we reach out to them and confirm, are you still 50% or more women-owned? And then we go through the steps of adding them and they can claim them as they want. So, and we really appreciate that. We know that there will be, we know that you can change buying habits by doing things, by adopting uh, the same lens. So if we, if we adopted women-conscious consumerism, whenever we possibly could, um, the amount of good that we could do collectively together, actually taking action together would be significant. So you want them to go to Maya, M-A-I-A dot community, and yep. they can register if they're a consumer and send and business owners, women business owners can register there as well. Yeah. Or send an email to info at Maya.community if they have or my listeners have ideas of women owned businesses that may not be up there. Now, why the gatekeeping on having to register? Because I know people are gonna ask, I wanna just look at <laughs> yeah. a directory, why do I have to register? Yeah. In the beginning, we really wanted to keep it a gated community so that um, people would have to adhere to our terms and conditions and our privacy. So it's mostly to control against misuse and fraud. And we ask everyone to be a good human when they enter our space and to, um, uh, to, be, to be good to be good, honest humans who want to help and grow and allow women-owned businesses to thrive. What it, something I found interesting on your website, because when I prepare for interviews, I do a lot, a lot of research beyond the initial conversations I have from people like you who are referred to me. Yeah. And I wanted to print a page off your website so that I would have some notes and can mark it up, and I wasn't allowed to print. <laughs> It drove me nuts. <laughs> Your site will not let me print a page from it, just from yeah. the main website. You're like, please be a good shepherd of your community or something. Like, don't print. You know, save save the world. Don't print. Save the world. Yes. Yeah. We, you know, it's kind of funny that I I am in this space of consumerism because. I'm actually kind of anti-over-consumerism, and I'm definitely anti-waste, and I, you know, I, I believe that we, we need to reduce our fr- footprint as much as we possibly can and just do all the things that are smart to preserve kind of doing the good, sound, green ways. And our own, that includes our own practices. And, and you're certainly living it with the fact that I couldn't print off of your, your website. But, and I haven't 
I didn't log in. I didn't set up a profile yet or anything like that because I, I need to register my women-owned business. So I, I just got to set that up. And you have a, a pick your price for life premium listing option going on right now to help women-owned businesses that maybe are still struggling. I mean, we're not even talking a lot of money. Your regular price is just $100 annually for a business that's a million dollars or less, right? Yep. To be on the site. So why the the pick your price? And also, can somebody like print the listings if they want to have them? Or no, they can't print the listings. Once they're in, then they can. They've agreed to our terms and conditions. Gotcha. And to be... To be good humans. Um, but our pick your price for life was really around making sure that there would be no barriers to entry. So it's kind of comparable to those pay what you can restaurants where you know you, they give you a suggested price and, and you can pay whatever you have. And you know that if you pay the suggested price, you're not only paying for yourself, but you're probably paying it forward to someone else. And because there have been so many barriers for women to, to, to grow um, and grow their businesses, the last thing we wanted to do was that this would be another barrier. And so literally we said, fine, name your price. It can be $25, it can be 50 it can be 75 or it can be $100, which is the suggested price. And then in adi- and that would be annual. Um, And in addition to that, because we know how much women want to pay it forward, and we know how important it is for women to, like, bring a friend, we we also did this buy one, gift one. So even if you decided to pay $25, we would give you a code that you would then gift to another woman-owned business for her first year for free so that she could enter the space as well. And it's just part of what we believe is our way and perhaps women's way to approach the business space and to say, let's go do some collective good together. And, and we really wanted to live the, we will help reduce whatever barriers are, are, are present for women. And we really believe we come from a place of equity for all women. So it sounds like the question my listeners need to ask themselves is, are we doing business with other women or are we not? And is it easy, you know, how can we mm-hmm. begin to make a difference by just picking one more woman-owned business? And it, yeah, it doesn't have to be this all or nothing extremist. I mean, I realized I was kind of crazy when I said 83% of my spending would go to women-owned, women-ideated things. But, but it was really more to, like, determine, was that even possible, and how, how could it be possible? And the, just the adopting one more, the power of one, is and can be quite significant. I love that. The power of one, one more. When I first went out to get the list, and this is kind of indicative of the space, but... When I went out to get... And you'll just need to do this really quick because we really only have 20, 30 seconds left. Oh, well then just support other women. Go find women-owned businesses to to do business with. And the best way they can do it is go to maya.community, M-A-I-A.community, or email you at info at maya.community and get a list of currently 700,000 women-owned businesses. Kateri, thank you so much for being on the show today. 
thank you. I love the work you're doing in the world, and uh, I'm going to sign up my business as well on there. Everybody remember, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? I'm now asking, what women-owned businesses am I doing business with? Have a great day, everyone, and uh, hug someone you love. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 